power in the verse can stop me. Three, two, mm -hmm. one. What is going on, guys? My name is El De Niro, and welcome to welcome to episode episode forty-five of the Midnight Owl hashtag. <laughs> the hashtag went in by accident, and that really annoyed me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I you noticed that that I put owl instead of hour. Yeah, I was doing a little test on your like accent to see if I would notice the difference between your pronunciation of hour and owl. How did I hold up? Uh, it's inconclusive. I'm waiting for the results to get back from the lab. Yeah, nice. Good intro though. Um, One so, of the best. What's going on, guys, viewers? Uh, this is episode 45 of the Midnight Hour, and it's also going to be Jack's last episode for a long, long time. I'm not going to say which Jack, but it's a tall ginger man from a, a tall ginger jack yeah. a tall ginger man named jack from the london area um so yeah and also what makes it even more exciting is neither of them are here yet i know it's fucking amazing um so for the moment it's just me and Lucemore, and we do have a topic but before we get into it um i want to just say that i love you no um I since the last time I pressed record on my channel I actually went and got a job so that is why everything on my channel has really slowed down lately um, there was no midnight hour last week and that's because of the whole job situation that I just mentioned um, but I want to continue doing the midnight hour I don't know about the other stuff on my channel and my capacity to upload it daily at the moment but uh, rest assured I am enjoying my job and that is more important to me than slavery. Than a channel. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. offense. So. Yeah, no yeah. offense. Um, Hooray for employment. Yes. Democracy. It's actually, like, I spend a lot of my day on the phone, and it's so funny how much confidence YouTube has given me when it comes to speaking to people. Like, I'm Oh, just, absolutely, yeah. It's crazy, though. Like, I never really, it's never happened before, because obviously I haven't been employed for, like, three years, but yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. Um... But yeah, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I meant to tell you actually, I saw the Mad Max movie. Yeah, what did you think? Great, it was huh? so good. It is great, yeah. Like, oh it's the best God. movie I've seen this year by a long way. Yeah, definitely. And I saw the dinosaur movie too. The dinosaur? Yeah, um, yeah, that one. <laughs> Uh, the the one with the Diabolosaurus Rex in it. Yeah, a lot of people have like I, I know have like given it mixed sort of reactions. Like some people are like yeah, they're like it's up there with Jurassic Park, and other people are like no, it's complete garbage. It's it's not up there with Jurassic Park, not a chance. But it's it's like it's so if you can imagine, I don't know. But the characters in it are like just cartoon esque and so ridiculous like every single one of them is just like they have pulled the most basic trope out of thin air and just decided to to use that yeah. for the basis for their characters like there are scenes in it which would not look out of place in a spoof movie and i'm not saying that to be overly That's, critical someone did say that to me they said it's it's basically like if someone made a spoof of jurassic park it yeah with like, a 300 million dodger dollar budget basically. dodger dodger <laughs> Um, yeah, a jammy no, dodger budget. It, yeah, jammy dodger budget. It genuinely is though. Like, there's there's a guy in it at the very start that you get introduced to who has glasses, and wears an old Jurassic Park T-shirt, and he says this thing about the order of the items on his desk, and he's like, oh, they all just fit into some kind of chaotic natural order, as like. 
could you be hinting towards human existence anymore? Yeah. And it's such a Jeff Goldblum character from Jurassic Park thing to say. Right. And he's wearing that t-shirt, and the woman who, like, runs the park says, like, oh, that's really offensive, like, a lot of people died. But, like, she's using the same fucking logo to be on the front door of Jurassic World. Like, it makes no sense. It's just so, like, it's just so, yeah, hey, this guy, this guy likes the old Jurassic Park, and you do, too. And you're the audience, and we're the filmmakers, and we we get you, we get what you're into and stuff. It's just so like tryhardy. From what I've heard from that, it's like the opposite of Mad Max, which is kind of like uh, Mad Max sends all these like really cool messages about like feminism and yeah, all all these different stuff. Whereas like Jurassic Park is kind of like Jurassic, Jurassic Park legitimately has an underlying story in it. An underlying message that if you're a woman, you have to choose between having a career or having a lover slash kids slash sex at all. Yeah. Like, that's genuinely a message in it. And, like, a lot of people are kind of sick of my feminism or whatever, but that's genuinely a thing that Jurassic World is saying. Like, right. you know, whether you want to admit it or not, that is an, uh, a weird story that they ran under it. But, um, yeah, the, the dinosaur movie was okay very like it was fun the dinosaurs were fun the diabolosaurus rex was ridiculous um the raptors being trained is one of the funniest things i've seen and there's another scene that i won't mention i'll mention it in a few months when the movie's old uh, no, on, like, on, on like dvd or whatever yeah this i'm gonna i'm gonna just say it there's a scene where this doesn't ruin anything it doesn't spoil anything right there's a dying dinosaur you guys don't know how it's dying or what happened to it okay i think we can all assume what the ending of the movie is anyway can't yeah, we we've all seen jurassic park i would imagine so yeah. <laughs> yeah um but yeah there's a dying dinosaur and chris pratt comes up to it and like he lifts his head up into his arms and he's like, hey, it's okay. Shh, it's okay. And the dinosaur's like, like about to die. And it's like he's about to utter his last words and it's just so funny. It's like... Is, it, is the dinosaur's last words jet fuel can't <laughs> yeah. It's so funny though. Like I was in the cinema bursting out laughing and like <laughs> not in a really conceited snobby like I'm above this movie kind of way. Just in a genuinely it made me laugh kind of way. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah, my honest assessment of the movie is that like genuinely some scenes in it are are like their parody and they probably like were made by writers who are smart enough to know that they're shit but they wanted it to be that way because it's funny for some people or whatever. Um, but I enjoyed the movie, so I'd give it a like five out of ten. But yeah, four four dinosaurs out of ten dinosaurs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. Um, but Mad Max, on the other hand, what a fucking movie! It's it great. Properly just embraced the world that it created and like ran with it and had some of the most just sublime visuals like yeah it's amazing the yeah. editing that went into that movie like even the sound editing was like nothing yeah. i've ever seen like before. That, that, for the for vast quantities of that movie no one says anything mm. like but it's just like the sound of the engines the sound of the fucking guitar in that uh the guy who plays the metal yeah you know. did you notice that like every note he plays with that guitar syncs up to the music that's playing? yeah like, it does, yeah. Do you know how fucking hard that must have been to do? I know. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Um, and do you know what else is insane? At the very end of the movie, it comes up and it says, Music by Junkie XL. Do you remember that song? Remember that Nike advert in the cage with Ronaldinho? 
doing the all the skill moves and all. Was that the one with Elvis? Yeah, a little less conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's. That's the same Excel. guy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. I'm just as shocked as you. I like. I couldn't believe it in the cinema. That makes the movie even more impressive. I know. <laughs> it was such a good movie. I'm so glad I saw it as well. That scene where they go into the sort of electric storm. And yeah. It flickers between black and white. That was incredible. Yeah. Unbelievable. So good. So well done. Um. Oh. Okay. There we go. For those of you that don't know, I was just adding Jack to the call, and I added his contact details. I sent his contact details to Loosemore twice by accident. Yeah, I, I got them. I'm not going to add him as a friend. But... Yeah, no, I didn't think you would, but there you go. So, Hello, Jack. You what? I was telling the people that this is going to be your last episode for a long time. It's going to be a while, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a while. It's going to be at least like two months. Uh, something like that, yeah. Mm. Something ridiculous. Uh, do you want to tell everyone where you're going? Um, He's going to Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've actually been chosen for the next NASA space mission, so I've got to go train for that, I'm afraid. It's going um, to be interesting, because our, in episode 10, we did a Q&A, mm. and someone asked about our lifelong goals and dreams, and Jack said he wanted to be an astronaut, but he could never do it, and now he's finally yeah. done it. He's put in the work. Yeah, it really is something special. Put in the hard graft. Well, yeah. I say astronaut. It's actually an aquanaut, because it's a deep-sea mission that NASA are doing. Yeah, it's the reverse of space, really. I mean, yeah. it's the reverse <laughs> it's the of going to space, one. yeah. Yeah, we've decided, like, we know more about space than we do about the oceans, so it's about time we level that out a bit. We're going to go for, We're going to learn some stuff about the oceans now, guys. Fuck up yeah. the sea people. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've you know... You know, we landed We landed man on the moon in, what, 69? We, when was the last Ew. time we landed man on the bottom of the ocean? Never, it's like, never exactly. happened. No. My, my point, exactly. We've landed, so, we've landed Titanics at the bottom of the ocean, <laughs> but never but people. Not, yeah, but when was the last time a man stood at the bottom of the Mariana Trench and um, put a flag up in I the name of England? I so. know the answer to that, but I'm not able to say for legal reasons. Was it James Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Justin Timberlake. <laughs> of course. No coincidence that Justin Timberlake has the word lake in his name, I'm just saying. No, yeah. He is basically an aquatic animal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of the sea, actually, uh, our topic for today is movie tropes, and I don't have any about the sea, but one of the ones that sort of was pointed out to me about a year ago that blew my fucking mind when you think about it, um, and it's not mm. even listed as a standard movie cliche, like, it's not one that people think about a lot, but the protagonist of any movie generally doesn't have any parents like Luke Skywalker is an orphan although we do later find out who his dad is or whatever but he grew mm. up an orphan so for all intents and purposes he's, he's an, orphan. an orphan yeah, yeah. Harry Potter is yeah. an orphan Superman's an orphan yeah. uh, Spider-Man is an orphan Batman's Batman an orphan. yeah um, it's actually cra- like but even in Simba. movies like yeah. where like Die Hard John McClane John McClane doesn't have any parents. <laughs> it's true. Like, it'd be so weird if he just got a yeah. call off his dad. Like, yeah, just checking in, John. How yeah. are you doing, son? Like, that doesn't happen in Die Hard. Like, it doesn't happen in action movies. Like, they generally just don't have parents for whatever reason. So, um, that kind of blew my mind a little bit. Because I only learned that last year. And I've been watching movies for, like, a good six years now, you know? 
So, like, I've seen a lot of movies. Yeah, I've seen over 400. Yeah. I, I I've, think... I've seen 300. Yes. I don't get it. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> should have seen 300. King Leonidas doesn't have any parents. No, it's true. And Frodo if he, even if he did, he doesn't have any parents. What's the story with Frodo's parents? Is Bilbo not his dad? No, Bilbo's his uncle. Yeah, it's his uncle, oh, yeah. yeah his uncle. It's, his, it's his creepy uncle. It's always an uncle. You're always allowed to have an uncle. Like, they always give you an uncle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But then, an uncle sometimes, aunt, yeah. they murder him. You know, like in Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your old Uncle Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, to replace the agony of losing an actual parent. Yeah. <laughs> the guy murder his uncle as well. Yeah. yeah. That's really strange. They well, do always yeah. give you an uncle. Or an auntie. You know, auntie. Yeah. You know. yeah. Yeah, and the uncle's always cool. Or at least sound. <laughs> at least uh, sound. Yeah. Yeah, he's committed no crimes in the last ten years. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got a clean driver's license. <laughs> yeah. He's got a questionable taste in certain music videos, but he's sound. <laughs> you know? so, I mean, he's an okay guy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like, just that, that's, that's a trope that, you know, is very prominent, yet not really discussed an awful lot. Like, not as much as, like, cool guys walk away from explosions yeah. without getting, like, fragments of debris trapped in the back of their yeah. head or anything like that. Like, that's kind of strange. There and should I'm... be definitely a movie where the hero, it's the final third of the movie, there's an explosion... The hero walks away, and then a giant chunk of metal hits him in the back of the neck and kills him. Or and even the just, like, just slices through him and cuts him clean in half. Yeah. If he had to go to the doctor and get, like, shards of glass out of his head... Like, yeah, that's the final scene. If he had, yeah. like, splinters all over his body, do you know... Like... Just death in one ear for the rest of his life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something not yeah. life-threatening, but, you know, that's kind of plausible. Die hard, too, he had a hearing aid. <laughs> <laughs> like another thing is that in movies glass is kind of just there for fun like yeah you can throw someone through a glass window and they can just get up and walk away and it's just fine like i think in real life like glass is pretty fucking heavy like it's pretty hard it's not easy to break with your fist although i do yeah. have a questionable habit of breaking wine glasses like <laughs> with my bare hands but isn't isn't that another trope? Like everybody in a movie can break a car window with their elbow. Oh yeah. <laughs> like yeah. is that a thing? Like I haven't tried because I, I don't want like, to break a car window. But I presume no. it's quite hard, isn't it? I would say so. Yeah. Have you ever like I I don't know. Have you ever like knocked your head on the on the window? Say like there's been like a yeah. small car crash or someone's like breaked really suddenly. Yeah. Or swung a car. Knock your head on the window. That's it's pretty solid glass. Like. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's designed not to shatter with ease, and I doubt I could get enough force in my elbow to crack it. Like, and like the best it. one, the best one is when the guy's like takes off his outer shirt because obviously he's got like a wife beater on underneath. Yeah. Takes his outer shirt, wraps it around his hands, and just punches through the window. Yeah, it's like, bro, what the like fuck? Like the shirt is made of steel or something. <laughs> yeah, like putting on a boxing glove. That's yeah. the ultimate like badass thing that you can do. Is like take off your t-shirt, break a window, and just get in a car and know how yeah. to hot wear a car. Yeah, That's it's it. just like oh yeah, it's these two wires that are conveniently hanging from the bottom of the glove compartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, there you go. <laughs> right. It's like it, 
Yeah, I don't really get... Like, there are some ridiculous standards placed on the, the modern man who fancies himself as any kind of protagonist in his daily life. Like, oh, yeah. the shit that people... Like, normal people can... Like, that's the best thing about Die Hard, is that John McClane is just a normal guy who got very, very, very lucky. But then in, like, the fourth one, when he's driving a car through a fucking plane... No, helicopter. And lands on a jet, doesn't he, or something? <laughs> yeah, also... You can jump off extremely high buildings as long as you land and do a roll. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's... Tuck and roll at the end, then you'll be fine. Yeah, which, like, in theory does actually make sense, but in reality leaves your legs, like, properly fucking splinted. Yeah. What's your, um, like, least favourite trope, if you can think of one? Uh, shit. There's so many. There's literally so many. One that happens an awful lot is, uh, and particularly in kind of disaster movies or movies where something's about to happen, when like someone gets a phone call and they pick up the phone, they're like, hello? And it's like, turn to channel 7, and the guy turns on channel 7, and the story is about to start. Yeah. How did you know that this news was about to break, pal? Yeah. Yeah. How did you know that was about to happen? Quick, turn on channel 7. Okay, um, where's the remote? Shit. Um, yeah. Yeah, just wait, is it important? Is, like, what's, what's going on? Can, can't you just tell me on the phone? No. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's exactly well, also, what if they're in, in different life, areas, yeah. if they're like in a different state or whatever, is Channel 7 the same? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah how, not. Does he, how does he know if he's got Sky or Virgin or if he's just got <laughs> terrestrial channels? Like, you know. Yeah. What if he's stuck in the past and he hasn't got digital yet? Yeah. Uh, what if he doesn't have a TV? What if he's just like a hipster... <laughs> And he's like, no, mate, I don't have a TV, yeah. No, I just, I just, face, use, right? I just use Netflix, mate. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, um, <clears> there's a lot of tropes about just phones in general. Like, the, whenever <clears> people are done having, I actually have a mate uh, called Andy that Jack has met before who I genuinely do have <clears> a level of chemistry with him where we can phone each other, talk to each other, and hang up without saying goodbye. Like, that is a thing that we do, and that legitimately happens. Yeah. But it's still so weird in movies, the way no one just says, like, yeah, all right, talk to you later, all right, goodbye. It's just like, yeah, this is the message. Okay, hang up. Yeah. And then that's it, they're done. And, like, and the, like another thing is, like, you never see anyone in movies searching through their contact list to phone someone. They just have the number there. They pick up their phone, yeah. they press a button, and then it's ringing. That's strange, because, like, well, even... Uh, if I need to ring someone in a hurry, I still am going through my contacts looking for them. Yeah. The email thing as well on phones. When somebody gets an email on their phone, it's always a, a large envelope that opens up on like the screen on the phone. It's like, yeah. no, one's, yeah. no one's got a large envelope like <laughs> thing on Animation. a phone since about like, 2004. Jesus yeah. Christ. I, yeah. I love when, as well, like in movies, and partic- TV shows are really bad for this, but like someone's phone is ringing, and it's ringing like the not even what was it before polyphonic it was monophonic it's yeah. ringing in the monophonic yeah. and they pick it up and it's a fucking iphone or something like yeah. iphones don't <laughs> ring like that and never have done so that's really strange the way that happens i think what i hate I think is um thing, yeah go on, go on jack you go oh you're too kind probably the thing that i hate most <laughs> is the good guy encounters four bad guys and you're thinking, right, he's just going to get the shit kicked out of him. Four versus one, there's no contest. But they attack him one by one. It's like, okay, so Steve, is it your turn to attack the good guy first? <laughs> right, you go, and then once you get knocked out, then I'll go. And then Dave will go. And then once we're all knocked out, he'll continue with the storyline. And it's like... <laughs> I love how sentient these bad guys are. Like, they're aware that they're bad guys. That never happens in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah that, that, why don't they just all jump on him 
at the same time. At once. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Get him the ground, and then just pummel the shit out of him. Yeah. yeah. That's two nice. of them go through at once, and then the other two kind of hang back and then go for him, like, shortly afterwards. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, or three so of them ridiculous. go for him, and the other one hang back and just take pictures or whatever. I don't know, do yeah. something more than just one at a time. Freestyle. Freestyle rap. Yeah. In the in the downtime, yeah. It's weird I, that you say freestyle rap because the first thing that came to my mind was Eight Mile when you were like, yeah, the bad guys. But in Eight Mile, they actually do beat the shit out of Eminem. Yeah, all in a yeah. row. And that's and that's how it actually happens. Though. That's a true story. That's, yeah. the one, <laughs> that's the one part of that movie that isn't a cliche. Funnily, <laughs> yeah. That's I don't know why Eight Mile is in my head. I don't know why I know every word to the movie Eight Mile. Not just the raps, but also the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's a good one. The the bad guy. And it it happens so often. And. To be honest, going on with that is that one punch can knock not only knock someone out, but they will not get up How at all for the rest of the movie. That? I've like, seen like I've seen a guy be knocked out with one punch before, but it was after he had about twelve points, and I don't yeah. even think he was knocked out. I think he was just he just fell asleep. <laughs> like I you like knocking someone out with one punch, fair enough. Like if Brock Lesnar punched me, yeah, there's a fair chance I would die. Like my head would fall off my shoulders. But like if someone my size punches me. I'm not gonna get knocked out. Like I, you know, I've I've taken punches from a guy who was twice mm. the size of me, and like that didn't knock me out. So boxing would be a lot more interesting if every time you landed a punch, the other guy got knocked out. Yeah, That'd be yeah. great, wouldn't it? It'd just be like boxing <laughs> matches would go on for 27 minutes, yeah. and it would just be the two guys trying to land a punch on each other, and that would yeah. be it. That would be every single game of boxing. Game of boxing. Game of boxing. You guys fancy a game of boxing? Um, the uh, game, the, game of boxing. The bad guy thing as well. Like, if you kill the lead bad guy, then that's it. It's done. The rest oh, yeah. of them are just all, like, the, oh. all the other bad guys just go. Ah, you give up. Fuck it. Why not? Yeah, yeah you're right. I'm a follower, not really a leader. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway, I'm gonna sit, this, gonna sit the rest of this out. But uh, you, good luck on your conquest. You know. If imagine you know. if that. Imagine if that was like that in real life. The, the DEA goes up and kills one bad, one top drug dealer, and the rest of them go and just go. Ooh, that looked nasty. <laughs> Ooh, fuck that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do some taxes or something. <laughs> Ooh, shit. Taxes. That looks awful. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. The one fear creeping into the mind of every drug dealer is shit, man. Like. What if what if the tax guys shit. Me, like, yeah. <laughs> what if suddenly I need to do my taxes? <laughs> like how would I even do that? Like who would I even call? I I don't even know anyone. I don't I don't know how to do taxes. Um, there was another one I had thinking about bad guys. Oh yeah, it's it's like in in actually Eight Mile is a great vehicle to to tell this one. Um, when Exhibit is at the lunch truck and he's like. Yo, this guy's a faggot, and yo, this bitch is fat. And then Eminem comes in, and he's like, "You worked at this plant so long, you're a plant." And like, he just destroys Exhibit verbally, and then everyone's just like, "Oh!" And Exhibit's just like, "Oh, I give up. I'm done. Yep, that's the end of me." Like, he has no retort because <laughs> Eminem battered him so bad with his words. And then Eminem is like, "Yeah, I let Vanessa finish you off." And like, then that girl starts killing him verbally as well but he's already killed her verbally he can take her but he's been so beat down by Eminem that he just can't do it anymore and it's the same like in any movie if a, a bad guy it's usually as well it's the jock in high school who's really really cool or whatever and he's he's with his 
girlfriend who is on the verge of leaving him for the nerdy guy who is becoming increasingly cool as the story goes on. Because he's secretly talented. Exactly, he's secretly yeah. talented like every nerd. And um, the nerd guy says some sick put-down, like a sick burn, bro. And then the, the jock guy just has nothing to say, so it skips to the next scene. Yeah. What's that? Uh, yeah, that's, but the, what they don't show is the jock guy killing himself. <laughs> I would love to make a movie with like scenes like that, but like the extended version shows what happened next, and the good guy just gets what's coming to him. <laughs> just gets the shit beating out of him in the car. Like the good guy's yeah. kicking out at the world, but like in the extended features, the world is kicking back, and the good yeah. guy is taking a severe beating, like verbally or jokingly or whatever is happening but like he's not winning in this scenario whatever yeah. happens that would be so good he wins in that one small moment but for the yeah. rest of it just yeah. gets shit on completely for the story of the movie he wins in that moment so the story can develop but in life he's he's not winning no <laughs> the um I think the horror genre is one that has like serious like it just cannot develop anymore from like the sort of cliches in that genre are there to stay and they're ultimately what makes people go and see it like it'll never get past that you know yeah. what I mean um, have you guys seen It Follows no um, it's like a new horror movie it's got like 90 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes as far oh, as I wow. know it's got a sick soundtrack um, I watched it and like it's good but it's it got praised for it's sort of new um, take on horror and the horror genre and stuff like it, it got a lot of praise for its story but there are still so many tropes in it that like it's there's one scene where it just shows a swing set and the swing is rocking back and forth in the wind and going like mm. like that's like the ultimate horror cliche right there um, and there's another scene where like the protagonist innocent girl is like not wearing any trousers like those things just exist in horror movies all the time and every horror movie is ultimately the same movie because it cannot get away from its cliches and that's a really really bad thing like I don't know whenever yeah. a new horror movie comes out you kind of know what's going to happen in it from start to finish it seems like oh yeah there's a, there's a million and one like brilliant like just brilliant cliches in horror movies I mean I was, I've been looking for a list of some like just movie tropes from from horror films, and it's the, it's the one. And you could name a uh, hundred different films that it happens in. No matter how new that torch is, if they're going somewhere dark and they need a torch, suddenly it will need new batteries. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or all of a sudden, it could be worth it perfectly. But all of a sudden, halfway through, just as the music builds, the lights will break. Like, and also, some of the torch will break. Clearly, those torches don't have batteries. Clearly, some of those torches that they have in movies are like rechargeable ones there's only one way to make sure the batteries are dead as well and that's to turn the torch facing upwards and bang it with yeah, your hand bang it, bang it with <laughs> Just, the palm of your hand yeah, on the bottom exactly yeah. make sure what that does then, is beyond the, me what the, what's worse is they only do it once yeah. and then they throw it on the ground they're like nah that's broken nothing yep, we can do with that one useless. not going to try that and like keep a hold of it and then see if it works later or I'm hit someone gonna... with it or something you know yeah yeah not going to do anything <laughs> with it that's it torch disbanded discarded yep. gone torch completely useless it's like when it's like when someone's running around with a gun in a film as soon as the gun runs out they just chuck the gun away and it's like well keep hold of it you know you might find some bullets later uh, yeah yeah 
That's a great form of self-defense. Even if you just pistol whip someone with it. Guns probably comprise roughly 95% of when people think of movie tropes. That's what they think of. Like like a a 16-bullet magazine clip on Desert Eagle that fires about 36 rounds before it runs out. Like stuff like there's a movie called Another Forty Eight Hours, and it's got like Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy, and I don't know why I said Another Forty Eight Hours because there's one called Forty Eight Hours, which is the better movie and has a which is the first one, yeah. Yeah, but um, Jack Cates is the main guy in it. He's played by Nick Nolte, and he his gun of choice is one of those small um, six shooters, like like a Colt, but with only half the barrel length of a Colt, you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Okay, yeah, 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 I know what you mean, yeah. Um, and, like, it's a six-shooter gun, but, like, he'll get off about 14 rounds at any <laughs> given moment. Yeah. It's so... One of the worst with guns is that when they shoot a lock, if you ever shoot a lock in a movie with a gun, the, the door just flings open. Yeah. Like, that's... Or they have such an accurate shot that they hit the um the curved metal bar bit at the top of the lock. Yes, and it yeah, pops, exactly, yeah. swings open, and it's like, yeah. oh, look at that from yeah. three feet away. Like, there should be a scene where a guy fires at all of his fucking rounds and misses every single time. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, though, isn't it? Is that they accurately pinpoint the bullet at the exact point that will lead to the door flinging open. The door flings open, there's 14 bad guys all standing there waiting to be shot, and the good guy cannot hit a single one of them before he runs out of bullets. Yeah. The, there was a scene in... Uh, the Walking Dead that made me just projectile vomit all over the walls in my house <laughs> and it was nothing to do with any of the decaying bodies shown in that show but it was when um, it's from like season 4 3 or 4 so don't be concerned about spoilers unless of course you've never seen the show and even then this isn't a spoiler this is just the thing mm. that happened the governor um, attacks the prison during one of his many attacks on the prison it was one of the ones before Woodbury got disbanded so I think that's like season 2 actually. Um, I think it is, yeah. But yeah, the the governor rolls up to the prison like for a sneaky surprise for a sneaky surprise attack on the huge like 20 main characters that are in that show and they've got a guy with like an M16 shooting and like he hits the guy standing next to Carol that prisoner hits him perfectly in the head, boom, he's dead. And then Rick stands on top of a tower with I think he's got an AK47. He cannot hit a single fucking thing with that rifle. The other guy can't hit anything at all for some reason, despite hitting that guy next to Carol perfectly. And they just have a firefight that goes on for about 42 (laughs) minutes with just copious amounts of live ammunition being discharged at an alarming rate. And not a single other person seems to die in that scene. And nobody gets hit, and they just go back to their respective camps and regroup. And it was just so tiresome watching it like I must have sighed about four times like I used to be six foot four but I sighed so much while watching that that I'm now five nine so it was it was the worst there should have been a scene with Carol afterwards she, where she was like whew well, I got lucky there I don't know because that guy can't shoot at all like just <laughs> the fact that he killed the guy next to her yeah but he's like so unimportant it just yeah. I don't even think that guy got a name like I don't even think the worst thing about The Walking Dead is that they literally have a quota of black people in the show, and they're so shameless about it. Like, remember, like the only black guy in the show was like T Dog, and then yeah, but I there's not T-Dog. much I know about like um, like Atlanta. But the one thing I do know about Atlanta is it's mostly black people. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's the main thing about Atlanta that I know. Like, it's 90% black people. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, they'd rather show, like, a neo-Nazi than show, like, a, an accurate representation of black people in Atlanta or whatever, like, yeah. even in that they go into the deep south and, like, there's a lot of black people down there, like, yeah. it's, I don't know, The, the Walking Dead is, is pretty bad at stuff like that, um, it's probably the weirdest show in the world because, like, it's really not that far away from being a perfect show, but also it's, like, so bad. Like, I don't know. It's really strange. It, it's such a unique show, I guess. It would be the word. Um, I, think, I think it was The Walking Dead. There was uh, someone who put together a video, and it was at least five minutes long of different shots of people running from the zombies and the zombies walking and then running more. And they're still being the same distance behind them. <laughs> and then one of the characters trips, and suddenly the zombies are there. And then it's like, what the fuck just happened? That's one of the like, <laughs> horror things. Yeah. If a like woman the, is running, she will fall. Yeah, that's why. That's why. That is one of the main reasons that if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, I'm getting near somebody that's morbidly obese. Because, <laughs> you know, just stick with fat people, because they're going to get eaten there's quicker. Because they can't move as quickly. There's a quality scene in The Walking Dead uh, during Shane's heel turn when he. He and this guy are, like, invading a school or something to get supplies. And as they're leaving, like, Shane just kneecaps him and leaves him for the zombies and gets back and is like, oh, he didn't make it. He saved us all and stuff. And it's so good. Like, it's such a good moment of TV villainy. Like, I loved it so much. And then, like, that that was great. I loved Shane's entire transition to bad guy. But then, like, in season three the governor is chasing Andrea through a field and the entire episode is the governor versus Andrea and it's a B-horror script like it's it's every mm. B-movie horror you've ever seen and like she's a blonde woman running through a field so obviously she trips like and falls and there's just so much of that basic trope of like women falling things making noise and you know the mm. obvious attempts to build up the tension and stuff and it's just so like it's really weird how Movies are so diverse and everything, but there's really only a certain number of ways to, like, project a sort of a story into a... Like, mm. people just kind of, I think, they expect things to be the way they are on TV. I don't think that's that's the way it's going to get more and more. And that's why when we see a great movie, we're like, oh, that's really, really fantastic and, like, boundary-breaking, sort of. Because each, like, action movies have to hit so many tropes, or horror movies have to hit so many tropes or sci-fi movies have to hit so many sort of mm. tropes because they go through like like uh, movie studios are like well they need more blonde women tripping in a field you know mm-hmm. that, and otherwise it doesn't get released or whatever this thing you know? like I, I thought Mad Max was like absolutely mind-blowingly good yeah it is it's fantastic yeah like I don't think like there's stupid things that happen in that movie like for example gunshots being really close to a person's head that would render them deaf in real life but they don't in Mad Max but the way I see that is that the whole movie is just incredibly like over the top and it is what it is and it just properly embraces the fact that it is really abstract like you know when you relate it back to any other action movie like Mad Max is really fucking out there even like like a lot of the action scenes seem to be sped up to like 1.5 or two times the speed that they were supposed to be like especially the intro part of it like it doesn't seem 
real. Like, it seems like a comic book retelling of something. So I don't think it's fair to criticize a movie like that for its tropes. But, like, horror movies and stuff are very... They always give these kind of... Even in, if it's a horror movie and, say, more close to, like, a thriller movie, like Halloween or whatever... As soon as you find out the backstory mm. about the killer, they like they first introduce a killer or bad guy with this kind of supernatural element, like his ability to appear in front of you without you noticing that he was there, like the Undertaker in wrestling. The lights go out and then he's in the <laughs> ring. It's like that kind of thing. And then you find out, oh, he, he's he was orphaned from a young age and he watched his mother die and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden he becomes more human and more beatable. Like, doesn't that happen a lot in horror movies? Yeah. That type of thing? Yeah. That's really stupid. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's there's so much <laughs> stupid shit. Like, horror movies are filled with some of the, like... It seems that the only people that get into any sort of incident that is worthy of a horror movie are the stupidest of stupid. Like, if, if someone... If you hear... If you're in, and say, as they always are, like an old creaky house on a rainy Thursday where, you know, the branches are hitting up against the windows and there's thunder and lightning outside and the rain is actually lashing it down and you hear someone in the house, your first thing is not to go, hello, is someone there? Yeah. And then shout, say, you know, your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your, a family member's name or something like that. That's like the first thing they go to and every time it happens, I kind of go, ugh. Yeah. Because it's like, that is why, really true. like, why make them completely aware of your location? Yeah. You want to it's do just, the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, if you're worried about someone being there, don't uh, alert them to either your presence or you know your exact location. It's so stupid. People's ability to kind of silently, you know, like affect, like come into play in a movie like silently mm. is, is really bad in some movies. Like especially in Halloween, just Michael Myers' ability to kind of like a lot of bad guys' plots and stuff revolve around their ability to predict everything that you're going to do and being one step ahead of that right mm. and that's ridiculous for the most part but there's an even worse version of that in in the movie jurassic park the first one um we get introduced to the t-rex by hearing like a series of very large like thuds on the ground mm. and seeing the water ripple in the cup that's on the dashboard of that jeep and uh, like the T-Rex arrives from that, like that's how it, it stomps and it makes the earth shake, and everyone knows it exists. So yeah. how in the final scene does it just fucking turn up out of nowhere into the foyer <laughs> of a fucking museum yeah. without anybody having anticipated that that was about to happen? Like, what the fuck is that all about? I mean, yeah. I know why it was done. It was done to make you go like, oh yay! But yeah. like, come on. No, yeah. no. I, like it's like you know this this person you know is you know say say it's a horror movie they're creeping around the house looking for someone and they're going around every corner really carefully they're being like they're tiptoeing about and you can hear creaking every now and then and then without fail they will turn around to look for a sound and then they'll turn back and their friend will be there and it'll be like oh oh my god thank god it's only you yeah, and it's and like, what and it's like, they get so, a knife so, in the back of yeah. the head. And it's like, so how can how can everybody else be stomping about, making all this noise, but their friend is sneaking about just as quietly as them, but also, doesn't seem too perplexed the that they're on? there. Yeah, like, so many questions. Isn't and it always that like, oh, friend that always oh my God, that, yeah, yeah it's always that friend it's that turns out to be the murderer. Classic horror. Yeah, I know, love it. 
Um, what about the fact that if you're really mean to girls, then eventually they'll like you? That's a uh, that, thing. That, that, that's just real life, mate. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's actually how I my girlfriend. I'm so alone. Yeah. <laughs> it's treat them mean, keep them keen. That's a thing, isn't it? Christ. The thing is, there are a lot of guys now that actually think that that's true. Like That's a thing, yeah. Yeah, like movies really dictate the way people speak to women, and it's actually pretty awful because, like, there's no... Like, if you think there's a code or a way to go about getting a girl to like have sex with you, like you're really like sleazy and just like yeah. you're not a good person at that point. Yeah, yeah, you're not treating that person like a human that's capable of making up her own mind. You're being like you're you're holding a PlayStation controller in your hand and asking how you can do this. It's like that, like it's like that yeah. kind of reaction to a situation. You're dapper laughs and nobody likes that guy. Yeah. Oh. That's a, another thing is like another way to get a girl in a movie is to just save her life and then she will yeah. be yours even if she doesn't like you at first. In fact, if she doesn't like you at first, she is definitely the one you'll be ending the movie with. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, Sandra Bullock that... in Speed. Yeah. Or no, anybody that James Bond nearly kills oh, and then that they basically guy, don't even fucking <laughs> start about that fucking Let's Let's have sex. No, James. Let's do it. No. <laughs> Come on, is let's that, have sex. Is that your Connery impression? Yeah, that is, yeah, yeah. Let's have sex. Nailed it. Nailed it, yeah. nailed it absolutely nailed it. I'm actually going to be the next James Bond. But they wanted him, <laughs> they wanted him to be black, so I'm actually going to blackface for it. Oh, wow. Yeah. As a, as this is why you're not going to be here for the next two months, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm filming the new James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spectre's coming out in November and it's going to be Jack in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> with the Sean Connery impression, <laughs> that'll be a. That'll yeah, it doesn't be make any sense. But yeah, that, that'll be not a single trope in that movie. I tell you that. Uh, Shit. Um, what about like, um, kind of, the fact that black guys can only have a certain number of roles in movies. Like they're either the overlord clever guy that everybody listens to like leader type guy who knows what he's mm. talking about but will still probably die at some point like um Morpheus that like Morgan Freeman in every movie Morgan Freeman yeah. in every movie Samuel L. Jackson lately in some movies he's, yeah a lot yeah um there's, there's that or else you're the guy that dies in a horror movie yeah or you're the guy who's just there for comic relief like in in actually, in the Event Horizon, um, there's a black guy in that who's just a goof who talks in ebonics the whole time. Like, you know, he, like it's there's this really serious. I don't know if you guys just heard my phone go off, but my um, my what? Have you guys ever heard Worst Behavior by Drake? Uh, possibly. I don't know. It's, it's the one where he goes like worst. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I got that exact soundbite of, like, the second of him saying worst, and that's my WhatsApp ringtone. Oh, really? <laughs> so, like, when I'm on the bus listening to any song and someone messages me, in the middle of the song, you'll hear Drake going, worst. worst. <laughs> and sometimes it sounds perfect. But, um, yeah, like, the, yeah, so there's a guy in the Event Horizon, and he's, like, it, like it's this supercharged, serious, scary, thrilling scene, and then the black guy's like, oh, hell no. And then, like, that's your comic relief. Or, like, there's a part where he gets sent out with a spaceship, and he's like, oh, hell no! And, like, 
that guy is actually in Resident Evil Apocalypse, which is directed by the same actor. When he turns up in the middle of the thing with like a gold gun or whatever, because he's obviously a pimp or a gangbanger of some kind, because he's black, and he just turns up and he's like, "Hell yeah, don't be shooting at me!" And she, like, I don't know, just he's just there for like just light relief, really, and you know he's gonna get a horrible death. Or yeah. else he'll actually make it to the end because sometimes they do that as well to to make to throw you off a little bit but yeah that's kind of pretty racist when you think about michael it. bay tends to hit all those tropes in his movies oh my god the fucking oh. the transformer robots from outer space who were ghetto gangster guys yeah <laughs> yeah oh i forgot that that happened i always forget that, that that's that the happened. thing in a movie Robots from outer space who transform had ghetto voices. Yeah, they're like, damn, dog! Like, yeah, and they're exactly. robots. Yeah. Oh, God, can't we just keep forgetting that that ever happened? Oh, please. Like, at what point did somebody, like, surely there was a point where everybody sat down to watch the movie and got to that point and didn't just go, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and walk out. Yeah. Like, at no point did anybody, at any part of that process, because surely they must have written it into the script. Yeah. At no point did anybody go, that's fucking ridiculous. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard or seen in my life. Can you guys think of a single movie that doesn't involve Will Smith where the black guy just happens to have a white wife and that isn't the subject of the story itself? And I mean white, like, usually the black guy has an ethnic wife. Like, Will yeah. Smith has Eva Mendes, um, uh, Denzel Washington has Eva Mendes, Rosario Dawson is yeah. also used a lot. But um, can you name a single movie where the black guy just has a white wife? No. <laughs> There's no, no interracial couples in Isn't that really weird? That is weird. Like, <laughs> doesn't that seem really fucking bizarre in the year 2015? Yeah. Will Smith is the only guy who's ever had a white wife. <laughs> what movie was that in, then? I think it's in his most recent one. I don't even know if they're actually married or not. I think, actually, in John Hancock, wasn't his wife... Was she white? His wife, his wife was white, yeah. Yeah. Right, but yeah. Will Smith is... It's kind of safe black, isn't he? For like, all yeah. intents and purposes, Will Smith is a <clears throat> white man. Will Smith is a white man, yeah. Yeah, like a lot of the... A lot of the... Most of the tropes that relate to black people don't apply to Will Smith. Mm. Because he is Will Smith. He's... <clears throat> in the public consciousness, he is a white man for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, like, he is like... Like, Denzel is like to black people what I guess Will Smith is to white people. Like... I guess, I don't know. Like I think you get the impression that Denzel Washington is kinda like the guy you know the 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 guy they look to, you know, for did he did he win an Oscar, Denzel? He won an Oscar for uh, training day, having been overlooked for one for Malcolm X. Like, yeah. Which, which is, is arguably the the Academy, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. Al Pacino won an Oscar for Scent of a Woman and was overlooked for the Godfather. Well, yeah, Godfather, Serpico, anything that Al, he's Al Pacino's ever done, yeah. Yeah, uh, The Recruit. Yeah. 88 minutes. <laughs> Just start rattling off terrible Al Pacino movies. And... <laughs> but they've only happened in the last, like, five years, though, to be fair. Well, I'd say 15 now. I, I think he's been making bad movies. I'd say a good 12 years since he's been making bad movies. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I yeah. Uh, rain, weather, tropes—they're strong. Oh yeah, like um, I mean, like the the whole um pathetic fallacy yeah. of using just using weather to reflect mood is it's overdone. It's not even just overdone. That's not even just a movie trope. That's a you know that's just a trope that stems from um literature and yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah. So that's, that 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 just dates back ridiculously far. It's done well in some things. I feel like I feel like some movies do a really good job of using the weather, where you don't actually really notice it that much. Mm. Um, and I actually think, in terms of like, this is kind of not a trope at all. But um, the Breaking Bad, um, like I watched that for the first time this year. And the colors, the use of colors in that show is really Amazing. fucking yeah. like just the. It's like every single scene in it has some shade of either dark green or really bright pink, like somewhere in it. And like then there's like darker things implied by darker versions of those colors. Like mm. Marie always wears purple. Like she always has a kind of a purpley thing going on. But you'll always find like between like dark blue and dark green to like bright pink and dark purple going on in that show and it's really sort of well done like I really respected that about Breaking Bad but yeah that's a way that you can do what you're doing without using the weather like it doesn't always have to be the weather it can be other things that you use I don't know but um yeah, I mean colour in colour in particular is you know like ridiculous it, it can be used in such like when it's done well, it's you know nobody realizes it, yeah. but when it's done badly, it's like slapping. It's like a slap in the face. What about? It's just, um, and it's the same with pathetic fallacy, really. Yeah, like there's there's a TV show called One Tree Hill, and oh, basically, let's talk about One Tree Hill. If you ever right, like if you ever want to test your ability to sort of decipher predict what's going to come next yeah or just like figure out what is going on in movie makers heads and stuff like that like if you watch one tree hill you can pretty much accurately predict everything that's about to happen throughout the entire show and you don't even do it necessarily by things like what the characters say even though that's very obvious and stuff but like the less the, the less they talk about someone the more likely they are to come up with a surprise return and um if it if it's raining, something really bad is gonna happen, and like there's so many different reasons that that show is just the worst when it comes to its writing mm. and stuff like that. Um, I just thought of another one, which is like cops who believe that the guy they have is the killer, but their yeah like their boss, the lieutenant, or the What's the, the police Commander, chief? Commander, yeah, police chief. The police, police chief. Yeah. The police chief is always like, "No, stop it! You're being a bad police guy." <laughs> like that always happens in every cop movie or, or cop show. Like the cop is always like, "No, trust me, boss. This is the guy." And the the chief is like, "No, you're suspended. Hand over your badge and gun, and don't you dare solve this case from home by yourself." Because I love it always happens right before that they're about to solve it as well. They're they're so close to solving the crime, the major crime of the story. They're so close, and like one extra bit of evidence off, and then he says no, 
take your badges yeah. away from them. Yeah, you've That's gone it. too far this You've time. gone too far had, this time. Had in, had in your badge and your gun. Yeah. Usually it works best. The two if, things you need to investigate. If they're like, yeah. if they have a drinking problem, they're, if they're a functioning alcoholic who works outside yeah. of the rules, that's always the way it is. Like, and I know why it is as well. It's because the guy who wrote that, or the girl who wrote that, wants to tell a, a story, like an interesting story with as many like arcs and sort of action scenes as necessary but they cannot be fucking bothered to look up the rules and the code of conduct and what is likely to lead to like serious trouble with the police chief so instead it's just like yeah the rules are there and all but this guy this guy works outside the rules dun, dun, dun. yeah that's a serious one that yeah a lot and of it's like if, if anyone any normal human being if they went all right turn your badge and your gun then obviously this person would then dramatically throw them at them and or throw them in the bin or down onto the desk or something and storm out yeah if they then went on and did what most of these cops do you know uh coerce murder beat and interrogate nobody would just go all right well you solved it and that's great and everything's right everything's cool now we're completely going to forget about the fact that you were just a civilian and you tortured people to get this information. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's just pretend you were a cop the whole time. That's cool. It's cool, fam. You want to come like, back to the force? We're going <laughs> yeah. to promote you to other You're a dangerous, you, you are clearly a dangerous sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> welcome back. Chief. Yeah, we're going to promote you to co-police chief. You'll work with me. He's like, nah, boss. I can't sit at no desk. I'm the de- I'm the detective now. Like this. How, is can, I, how can I torture people from behind a desk? Yeah. Bitch, please. Um, a really kind of a thing that like I realized a long time ago when I watched the TV show Rescue Me was that I know nothing about like a certain medic medical procedure because TV has kind of ruined it for me. So like, there's this scene in Rescue Me is is a show about firemen living in a post 9/11 world and like all of the depression and all of that. It's a really depressing TV show. But um, the main guy in it is called Tommy Gavin, and he's played by Dennis Leary. And he sees, like, a lot of dead people and stuff throughout the show. So, like, weird things happen sometimes, and you just dismiss it or whatever. But there's this scene where he rescues a girl from a fire. And, like, it's not uncommon for the people he sees in a fire to already be dead, but be talking because he thinks that they're still alive. So he takes her, like, out, and they put her in the back of an ambulance or whatever. And then they... Put, you know they do that thing where they put the cover over someone's head when they're dead Yeah. No. and Dennis Leary's like hey I was just talking to her and then he goes over to her and um, he starts doing the that thing that they do for CPR where you push someone's chest Yeah. so like he's pushing down on her chest yeah. really really hard and he's doing it for ages and everyone's like okay this is really weird something's wrong with Tommy and they go over and try and pull him off of her and he takes out a crowbar or something, some fire tool, and he turns around and he's like, everyone stand the fuck back, and then he goes back to doing it, and he keeps pressing and pressing and pressing, and she starts coughing up blood, and opens her eyes, and then Tommy walks away, I think the song that's playing is Devil by Stereophonics, which is their best song by a long way, and Tommy puts a cigarette in his mouth and looks up in slow motion, it's a fucking triumphant scene, and it's amazing, and like, for a long time I did not understand what happened in that scene at all, like, everyone was looking shocked and all, and I think that, like, I used to think that they were looking on shocked because Tommy had just, like, gone way too far, like, trying to save a dead body, essentially, and, like, that they'd have to look into his alcoholism and stuff and make a really difficult decision. But I learned, like, 
a few years ago that what actually happened was that he brought her back to life and that if you're given CPR, like, you better break someone's rib or else there's no way that you're going to get them back. Like, that's how hard you have to press when you're doing that procedure yeah. is, like, you fucking push the fuck down till someone breaks a rib. And he actually did save her in that scene. And I never knew that because in movies, you just breathe into someone's mouth until they start coughing up water all over you and then they're alive again. <laughs> But it, uh, I've seen a couple of movies where they actually, like, physically, like, hit them on the chest, like, properly bang them, and not just sort of push down. Yeah, um, just with one, just, like, uh, they clench both their fists together, like, they put their hands together, lock fingers, and they just slam both hands down to the yeah, center like of the chest. Yeah, like they're doing, like, the electrical charge thing, but without the electricity. Yeah. I've yeah. seen them, um, in, like, a vampire movie where they drive a stake through their chest. Is that the same yeah. thing? Exactly yeah, but the just without thing, the stake. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, usually, like, what you do is you just, like, kind of lightly press their chest and say, Come back! Wake up! And stuff like that. Until yeah, it's done. just shout at them until they come back, yeah. Yeah, and, like, then they just start coughing up water and then they're alive again. Like, that is generally how it goes in in movies and stuff that I've noticed anyway. Yeah. Isn't, like, Jurassic yeah. Park... Isn't, isn't there a scene in Jurassic Park like that when he... The little kid gets electrocuted. Yeah, and um, Sam Neill yeah. brings him back to life. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't even go that hard. He's just... He's just, just gently kind of just, uh, come on, kid, wake up. <laughs> to be fair, he's only electrocuted yeah. by like 10,000 volts or whatever. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. Because ultimately, that electric fence is meant to like take out a fucking dinosaur. Um, yeah. Ultimately, it, you know, it didn't even take out a child, but whatever. I, I think the thing, I'm going to defend that movie. I think it was that it had just been turned on, so it wasn't at full power. Ah, yeah. I sure. don't think that's how electricity works, though. I think it's full power, or get the fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's no intermediate ground where it takes a little while to charge up. No, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a boiler. <laughs> um... I recently started watching the TV show Arrow, and when I say started watching, I watched the first episode and decided to never watch it again. I've I've been told it gets better, but like I just don't have the patience for it. But like, yeah, but yeah, it was basically like the characters in it were basically like looking into the camera and being like, "Hi, I'm Tom. I'm the hero's best friend who leads him into troublesome situations, but ultimately have his best interest at heart." Like, they were so, every single scene was, like, two people talking. It's like, yeah, well, you are the CEO of this major law firm that we work in. Yeah. Like, which, out of context, is such a weird thing to say to your friend. You know what I mean? Like, if, if this was a TV show, like, neither of you, like, the way you guys would talk to me would be, like, I'd say something like, oh, I'm pretty hungry. I don't know where to eat. And, like, you would be like, you don't know where to eat? You have 35,000 YouTube subscribers on the channel <laughs> El De Niro 90, and you don't know where you're going to eat? That's how... <laughs> what the hell is that about? Who does that? To be fair, you do have 30,000 subscribers of on the YouTube that? channel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have subscribers. <laughs> I have YouTube. Last time I checked, I had a couple of subscribers. Yeah. I don't know where to eat, so, you know, the correlation. Oh, yes. Yeah. Speaking of subs... No, no, you shouldn't eat at Subway. Some, sometimes our food isn't great. No. No. Not past, like, midday. It's yeah. Just, it's just rank. Yeah. yeah. You guys got any other tropes? Um... Hmm. Just looking at these top yeah, I'm just looking. movie cliches. Yeah. 
I think one of the worst things that movies do, well, action movies, is like they don't really make you aware of the fact that you can seriously injure yourself doing like almost anything. Like, and that includes jumping off of moving trains and, you know, things of that nature. Like, that'll get you killed, you know? Also, the, the one, one I like is that if you're on a ledge and you get shot, there's no way you're falling back to safety. No, yeah. You always fall off that ledge, don't you? Yeah, there's there's no way you can fall, say, you're, like you've got your back to a ledge. There's no way you're going to fall forward onto your knees. You're just going to fall straight back. Yeah, straight, straight back, back and off the off. cliff. Yeah, and then no one will, uh, no one will check that you've actually died, and you won't have actually died because no one actually like confirmed it. Yeah. So, and you'll come back just later on in the movie and save the day just in time. I just read an amazing one on uh, denofgeek.com that says breakfast is always cooked each morning, but the husband never has time to eat it. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. I hate that. Because you, you always get uh, <laughs> breakfast is served, honey, and he comes down the stairs. He's all there. He's got the suit on. He's ready to go to work. He sits down, has a little bit of orange juice, or a half and a, then cu- the like phone a cu- rings, sip or, of coffee. Yeah, a little sip of coffee. The phone rings, or he gets distracted, and then that's it. No, not not time for the bacon yeah. that my wife and, has and just made. No, and he just runs out the door with half a slice of dry brown toast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that he nicked off the pan as she was cooking it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or, or off, off his daughter's plate just as he yeah. leaves. It's like he's left this full fucking English at the yeah. at, his, at the table, and just as he leaves, he he steals the food from his, his daughter's daughter. mouth. Yeah. Just I'll take this for the road, yeah. and smiles cheekily, and it's like you fucking what? That is oh, the like... movie's called Dad of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or else dads always just have a really strained relationship with their son, where they're kind of like just goofballs who are working too hard and don't understand like like you know the movie Jingle All the Way just which yeah. is the best Christmas phenomenal movie, film apart yep. from Die Hard but like it wouldn't be made possible without that dad being a fucking idiot yeah, yeah. an absolute man child yeah <laughs> such a moron like just leaving it till Christmas Eve although that movie is amazing it is. It really, it genuinely is amazing. That movie is kind of a great example of the way dads are kind of depicted in movies. In that he's disappointing a lot of people all the time, and then he stumbles into a way to make his son believe that he is the best hero ever. You know what I mean? Like, because he turns out to be Turbo Man, but like he misses his kid's karate class at the very start, and um. Ned, no, uh, Lionel Hutz gets to see it, and then like he misses um, the Christmas Carolers, but like Lionel Hutz takes his wife to go see it and everything, and it, it turns into that type of thing where everything he does is a mistake, but then he's Turbo Man, so it's all okay, which is a position that he accidentally got himself in. Yeah, yeah. Which like, I was that's, a... it's ridiculous. What were you gonna say? Like that throughout the duration of those type of movies, he fucks up. I don't know, 98, but 9 out of 10 times he fucks up. And then that one thing right at the end, whatever it is, always makes up for those 9 things that he fucked up. Like, yeah. he's back to being, like, an amazing father, even though, presumably, even before the movie, he's fucking up all the time. <laughs> he's fucked up in most of the movie, and then he, like, suddenly, you know, 
becomes father of the decade because of the one yeah. thing he does at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, we're always forced to feel sympathy for terrible dads and terrible husbands and stuff, like with movies and TV shows. Like, it's always like, oh, but he's working so hard. But, like, it doesn't show enough of the kid being so disappointed or yeah. whatever. And, like, it, it definitely doesn't show the kid 20 years later having serious issues about, like, serious emotional issues. because just, Yeah, just the just, emotional just, void that their father left. Yeah, because their dad just flat out did not give a fuck about them when they were <laughs> not enough of that at all. In Such a depressing sequel to Jingle All The Way. <laughs> Jingle All The Way to your local meth dealer. <laughs> Like, uh, he's got like rotted teeth and he's saying how his father was Turbo Man that's <laughs> why Jake Lloyd turned out the way he did it was because of that movie he got fucking like a DUI or something recently didn't he he got arrested yeah. for a drink driving or something everyone like thinks it's because he's Anakin Skywalker it's not it's because his dad was Turbo Man to be fair to him right I didn't like I watched The Phantom Menace in the cinema nine times like I was that came out in 99 didn't it yeah, yeah. Like I was eight years old, so obviously that movie was fucking incredible for me. Yeah, that was your Star Wars. Well, Literally. no, Star. I saw all the originals in the cinema too when I was younger. Yeah, same here. They came. They got re-released in like '97, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So like, yeah, Star Wars was always the best. But um, yeah, I really loved the Phantom Menace, and like, I only learned when I was older that like really bitter, angry nerds on the internet, like grown men, like send him death threats and stuff. Yeah, because no. of his portrayal of Anakin Jesus. Skywalker, it's like, motherfucker, he is like nine years old or something like that, <laughs> and you're just like sending him death threats for his. I've never understood that about anything. Like, when people do that, I don't really understand what that is. There should be more guys like that in movies. That should be a trope in movies. Instead, of, instead of the trope that like every every person who overuses the internet in a movie is either. Uh, a kind of a zombified teenager or else a mm. fat perverted guy a pra- yeah. fat perverted weird guy. basement dweller yeah yeah there should be more like really angry gamer <laughs> bit of nerds yeah yeah <laughs> who send death threats yeah there should be more of them like just the type of person that that is that's sh- that person should be in movies i think and they should get like what's coming to them can they yeah. can they replace the uh, the black guy trope as the first to die in horror films oh, wouldn't that, or or the last even cuz you could wait the entire movie for them to get what's coming to them like i i really hate nicholas holt i just cannot stand the guy and like during that mad max movie at any point where something was going to happen to him i was like yes he's going to die die <laughs> <laughs> i fucking hate him so much um, yeah, that's that's just um, uh, another thing that kind of annoyed me is the portrayal yeah. of dads and just father-son relationships in movies. Another thing that I've just come across is that every funeral, and this is going back to the pathetic fallacy as well. Every funeral, it rains. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is Why? one of the worst. Does yeah. nobody hold hold funerals on in summer? Like, no. <laughs> nope. All funerals, it has to be cold and wet. has to be rainy. And then the protagonist has to be wearing sunglasses as well to cover up his emotions. Yeah. <laughs> sunglasses. God. Like, he'll be, stood, he'll be stood there with sunglasses on and then the, the atypical or the typical female character will come up and say something like, how do you have no emotions? And he'll remove his sunglasses and his eyes are red from crying and it's like, oh, and he had emotions all along. And it's like, oh, well, of course. The latest Spider-Man movies, like, 
hit a lot of these movie tropes. Like, yeah. Ridiculous amount, yeah. They were really bad movies. You know? They were. Yeah. I, like, yeah. the first one, The Amazing Spider-Man, the first Andrew Garfield one, like, it is watchable for sure, and it's fun, but it's an awful movie. It is an awful movie. I we talked about the, the sort of the fact that he's the that he's the nerd in the movie, but... He's, yeah. He, yeah, he's Peter Parker, this nerdy kid, this nerdy skateboarding kid who gets bullied, and, like, nobody likes him and all, but he's a 25-year-old Andrew Garfield. Like, he's, yeah. like, the coolest-looking yeah. guy in in the world like he's the most model looking guy yeah. in that school he in that entire school when they go through the pupils he's the one that looks like a model yeah like no one's gonna pick on that guy and the one thing they like make out that he's such a nerd is that he what he skateboards and he takes photographs yeah, yeah. like and okay he's, he's like a genius fucking computer programmer but he uses bing as his search engine <laughs> That's the worst product placement I've ever seen. Like, yeah. Did I say he was 25, by the way? Yeah. Is he probably more like 30? He was 28 when... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Adults playing children is a serious problem with, like... I, I, I don't know, is it more of an American thing? Because I'm thinking, like, in England, like, in-betweeners... You just get people who have just gone that age to play it. But, I mean, if go back and... Look, at, I watched Grease the musical again recently um, because yeah, to be honest, it's, it's a great. It's a you great don't film. have to say the musical; you can just say I watched no, Grease. We all get yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 No, yeah. I thought he meant the Tarantino movie about <laughs> the Greek economy. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it again recently, and the only person that can vaguely pass for that age is probably Sandy. The rest of them. Look at any of the blokes in that they've gone five o'clock shadow for the last 12 years yeah. like some of them are mid 30s and it's not even subtle and they're yeah. all meant to be about 18 there's one, of them, ridiculous. one of them that got like a jufro yeah he's yeah he's he's the one he's he looks yeah and he yeah. looks it as well he doesn't he's even look young children. yeah yeah he doesn't even look young he looks 40 yeah there's a big thing like with i i think this is more of an american thing and i hope no one will get offended by that but it's it's sort of this storytelling technique that a lot of TV shows use where they're basically telling a story about adults but they can't it's so ridiculous and they need the characters to have so much freedom and stuff that they just tell it through the eyes of teenagers teenagers yeah so like what you get is these adults with school bags on and like <laughs> inexplicably absent parents and stuff like that and it happens at like 90210 like I mentioned One Tree Hill earlier um, even probably Glee I'm guessing I've never seen it but I'm sure a lot of the actors in that are way older than their uh, age, the characters that they play and stuff but that's uh, like even like who's the who's Luke Perry isn't Luke Perry like the classic 45 year old man playing teenagers all of his life like that type of thing just happens yeah. in America, I guess. Probably not so much anymore. I think you get more. Generally, you get more younger actors around now. Mm. Well, they just announced that that fifteen-year-old is playing the new Spider-Man, didn't they? Did they? Yeah. Huh. So that actually makes more sense. What's yeah. happening with that? I thought Donald Glover was the new Spider-Man. Nah, that was like a year or two ago, wasn't it? Before they announced Andrew Garfield, or like six years ago, or whenever it was. Really? 
Yeah, I thought he was going to be announced as like the same sort of time as Dom, uh, Andrew Garfield, but they've just announced some 15-year-old British kid as the new Spider-Man. Huh. Hmm. Which actually makes sense, because he's actually in school. Why are they doing another yeah. Spider-Man? Hold on a minute, they're doing another Spider-Man? Yeah. Is this a continuation Why? of The Amazing? <laughs> no, this is another reboot. This is a whole new... Oh, good lord. That's another thing. That's another thing, yeah. Like, te- rebooting... If they reboot Batman again, if they have another scene in a Batman movie where they like kill Bruce's parents, I'll... Oh Jesus my god! Jesus Christ, the poor guy. <laughs> the poor kid. Yeah. I can't deal with seeing his parents die again. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he pearls, feels about it, but I can't deal with it. Like the pearls fall from his mother's head and yeah. hit the tarmac. Bounce that happens again motion. in the movie. Uh, you know. Kind if of I like... see those pearls bounce in slow motion once more. The, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The best part of a superhero movie is undoubtedly the origin. Like. There's a reason Iron Man is better than Iron Man 2 and 3. Like, and, you know, it goes on like that and on like that. But, like, with Batman, you can only kind of tell Batman stories in one way. And that's not to say that the Joel Schumacher one is not a billion light years away from the Chris Nolan one. But it's kind of equally as dark. Like, it's a lot more campy and stuff, but it's very, very dark. Like, those movies are almost exclusively nighttime. And if you have another origin story about Batman, it's gonna play out in the same yeah. way. Like, it's always gonna be an old white man playing Alfred and stuff, and it's always gonna be a really, really dark scene in it. Like, I don't think any of the scenes with Bruce's parents dying are actually any fucking good. I don't think any of them were poignant or anything. Even no, I... Batman Begins, I don't think that you can make that be, like you know, impacting or emotive mm. without completely reimagining it now at this stage. Yeah, because, you know, we, we all get it. You might not even need to show that scene. I think you can just make a Batman movie now and just have him just be a guy who beats up criminals. I don't even... You know, yeah. we all know that he does it because, you know, is a... Everyone knows who Batman justice. is and why he is Batman. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's yeah. no need to explain once more it, why Batman is Batman. It was really cool in the Nolan movie, though, when he went to Asia and did all Yeah, that. that's, a, that's a good point. Like, yeah. That whole thing where he learned how to be like a ninja or whatever. I really yeah. enjoyed that. I actually yeah. thought yeah. that was class. But the parents dying scene, not so much. What they, what yeah. they could do is start, start it off at where he's 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Something like um, I mean, because I mean, there's no, there's no real time in any of the films where you get to know Batman's parents and emotionally connect with them. No. You get no. five, ten minutes at the beginning, and then all of a sudden, up oh, dead. And it's yeah. like, yeah, ah, ah, that sucks for him. But I, I have no emotional connection to either of those characters. Yeah. I don't even think you get to see right. uh, in the Tim Burton movies. Do you? You don't even have like five minutes. You have like in the first scene of the Tim Burton movies, he's Batman already. And then in flashbacks for like like thirty seconds, there's like a scene where his parents get shot, and that's all you really need, isn't it? Like, like him waking up in a cold sweat at night because his parents were shot, and that's it, you know. Isn't there a yeah. scene in the Tim Burton one where Alfred tells Bruce Wayne that he killed his parents? I don't think that's a thing. Uh... I'm pretty sure that's in one of those, and it, it has some double meaning. But I just remembered it, and I've forgotten what he actually meant when he said it. Already? Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure Alfred says that to adult Bruce Wayne at some point. I think it might be Val Kilmer Bruce Wayne. What one? Uh, that was Batman. No, Batman and. No, Batman uh, Forever. Can you guys I, believe that George Clooney played Batman? 
Yeah, I know. With nipples. Mm-hmm. On his <laughs> nipples. He's super yeah. nipples on it. That's <laughs> like that's just not on, is it? No. Like what's going that's... on there, George? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? And now he's a guy who like wins Oscars and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like a regard. Like he's like people go to him for advice on acting, and yeah. he was like. He, he played Batman with nipples in yeah. like, or they went through they went through the whole production of that film him standing there being Batman and at no point looking down and just going do you not think the nipples is a bit odd like <laughs> should the nipple thing like is that not a bit weird and everyone's just going no George no 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 like you look great the Chill nipples out, just look natural nobody would no, and, nobody and will Bowie. even notice the nipples just be Batman it's so and he's going weird. Yeah, no, the, the nipples are normal. Yeah, everyone has nipples. Batman has nipples. <laughs> it, it, like that whole, I that whole Batman thing with George Clooney having nipples on his suit reminds me of the band The Pesh Mode because they have, you know, that song like "Personal Jesus" and "Enjoy mm. the Silence" and and stuff like that, and they're really like dark and brooding songs. And then they also made "Just Can't Get Enough." <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> that whole thing going on there with that weird like duplicity in that band that reminds me of that Batman because it's dark but he has nipples and it like is really cool and dark and atmospheric and it affects me in some way definitely but then it has nipples and it's really over the top ridiculous like yeah. Jim Carrey in a tight spandex suit it's like if Metallica did a version of um, Don't Worry Be Happy yeah <laughs> Or not like not even like something even more camp like Radio Gaga or something. Yeah. <laughs> like it would just be so weird and out of place. That's kind of what it's like. But somehow it it fits in a way. Yeah, like the sixties Batman fits. Like I like the sixties Batman, even though my favorite version of Batman is where he like breaks bones and stuff. But yeah. I like the racist um, pro Hitler Batman from nineteen forty four. The racist. <laughs> From the 1944 band comic Das Batman. <laughs> das Batman. <laughs> yeah. Das Batman. That's actually a thing that Irish kids say when they see Batman. Das Batman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. The, there's an, there's a, also a trend with particularly dystopian teen movies. You know those like Divergent and Hunger Games and stuff? Yeah. Mm. Where everything is orange and blue all the time like oh yeah um i think the good guys are orange and the bad guys are blue or maybe it's the other way around but everything is just this mix of color corrected mm. blue and orange everywhere even the posters and that's a pretty terrible trend. that's been that's been one that's not even just for uh like teen dystopian dramas i mean that's a that's a that's um that's an action one that's been going on for years that is like a michael bay but that is the point of Michael Bay's colour grading, really. Yeah, kind of. That yeah. you know, that 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 vibrant orange and blue. That, you know, orange really highlights the explosions, and blue highlights everything that's not an explosion. Yeah. <laughs> um, I read somewhere as well that, uh, like, our idea of sword fighting that we got from movies is nothing mm. like what it was really like. Like they used to hammer the swords off each other until someone just overpowered someone else yeah like in movies we see some very flamboyant and spectacular choreography when it well we yeah. see it and it's more like fencing 
Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think sword fighting was like fencing. No, I don't know. Like, there's a reason that fencing isn't just called sword fighting. <laughs> it's yeah. It's a different thing going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a, a one that kind of I felt like mentioning because it's always interested me. I guess, especially the whole lightsaber fight thing. Like those are spectacular. Mm. Whereas in reality, the Jedi rarely even used their lightsabers. Mm. In reality. Uh, yeah, in reality. That's what, that's what that hmm was for. <laughs> in reality. Hmm. Yeah, reality. Yeah, a true mm. Jedi doesn't have to use his lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, look, it's in the... A long time ago, this is the first words in any Star Wars movie. All right, that's true. So it's in the past. It's documented past history. <laughs> yeah. These one are of the things that happen. One of the um, one of the few things I know about um, when they were making Star Wars is that they did the sound of the lightsabers by um, they just had a speaker hooked up that was playing a continuous humming sound, mm. right? And then to get the sound of the lightsabers swishing and all that as accurately as possible, they had the actors come in with essentially microphones on sticks and reenact all of their movements in front of the speaker. So that as the microphone went closer, closer to the speaker, further away, it'd pick it up at different um, volumes and different speeds, and that's how they got the sound for the lightsabers. And they're making it. That's a fun fact. That's outrageous. Apparently, that was the easiest way to do it. Sound editing is so much fun. Like, I, yeah, yeah. what are they call Foley artists, is it? Yeah, is it? Foley artists. Yeah. Yeah. Just being in a studio with like a fucking melon, and then just like stabbing it with a knife to get sort of like the flesh sound or whatever yeah it's like the old um for the um i think it's on star trek they uh for the sound of the doors opening and closing automatically was a piece of a4 paper being pulled out of an envelope That's and right, then put yeah. back in oh wow yeah. like and then the, the old uh, you know two halves of a coconut clicking together to make um hooves on concrete yeah for horses stuff like that it's it's amazing yeah it's really fucking cool yeah it's really creative and stuff i do enjoy a good sound effect mm. I'm gonna like make a horror episode of the midnight hour where um, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get like I'm gonna write a short story and hope that it's good and get a voice actor to narrate it and stuff yeah and have like really cool sound effects you could just ask me I mean I'll do it for free but... <laughs> funnily enough you're exactly who I had in mind <laughs> even though you, you can't say words like huge or human but still, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get you in. The Hooge Human. <laughs> the Hooge Human. Um, yeah, is that Racist. it then? On, we didn't even really... like. It's actually really hard to... When you guys were describing the scene of the dad who doesn't have time to eat his breakfast, like I could see that so vividly. Of but you can't pinpoint a single movie for it. name a fucking movie no, at no. all where that happens. No, but no, you can we, see it can, so clearly in your head. You can see it in your mind, yeah, so clearly. And it's been in, what, ten, hundred, I don't know, hundreds of movies. Yeah. But, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't name one off the top of my head. It's no. been yeah. in ten hundred movies. Ten hundred <laughs> movies. <laughs> my English is so good at quarter past ten at night. It is, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, I actually, like, I've wanted to talk about movie tropes for a long time, and I always thought I'd have... That's why I use movies like to pin to point out my examples. I used Jingle All the Way and Eight Mile. <laughs> <laughs> like 
what the fuck is that? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm an actual proper, like, massive movie fan, and I have seen so many hundreds of movies, and that's what I take away, is that I know a lot about 8 Mile and Jingle All The Way. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that happened. Yeah. But, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, will we end it here? I think I so. think we've got to end it on the fact that your two favourite movies are 8 Mile and Jingle All The Way. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if they combined them into one movie. That's basically the plot of Friends with Benefits. <laughs> that's true. Now that you mention it. Yeah, that's um, yeah well, thanks for coming on the show. And yeah. Jack. I, I'm sorry I was a bit late, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Just kidding. No, really, uh, enjoy your trip to the bottom of the sea. I'm sure I will. I yeah, you take to the sea people. Yeah. yeah. You You've got to take the, fight. take the fight to them. This is a great, like, at the very start of this episode, when we were talking about that, and I just heard Lewis Moore say, yeah, fuck up the sea, people. <laughs> so, I just imagine you down there with a harpoon gun or something. I'm actually going to make a short movie about my adventure. And it will start with me waking up late and having to rush out, having only time to grab half a slice of brown toast. <laughs> <laughs> and he ties it together so nice. I might make yeah. a story where I just try and jam <clears throat> every possible trope into it. Every single, everything that's even said is a cliche. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be really good. <laughs> I think that would be really fun. You could probably make a really good movie out of that. I'd actually probably scratch my eyes out if I'd had to watch a movie like that. To be honest. Yes. Yeah, don't, don't watch the dinosaur movie. <laughs> it's very like that Jurassic World. I mean. Oh, I've seen it. Oh, have you? Yeah. What'd you make of it? Oh, it was interesting. I enjoyed it, but it was. I, oh no! I mean, like. I'm not gonna lie. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it for it, but just just to enjoy it. Like the kick of nostalgia was great, and yeah. that was it. That was genuinely enough to keep me entertained throughout the whole film. Um, but there were parts where, I, like looking back at it now, I was just I, I did laugh out loud at the whole thing. Yeah, same. Like, if it, was called, if so it wasn't called so Jurassic World it. and it was called Dinosaur Land. <laughs> Dino Land. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it would be shit, wouldn't it? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. No, it yeah. absolutely Essentially, would. yeah. And like, yeah. the thing is, like, I like, I wasn't laughing in a snobby kind of a way. Like, I enjoyed the movie. I don't think I'm above it. I don't think I'm above the type of person who thinks it's an amazing movie. Like, I really enjoyed it. But some of it was just hilarious. Like, actually yeah. hilarious. Like, funny. Like, yeah. just stupid basic parody and spoof scenes yeah. like I don't I'm know. not I'm not even sure some of it was meant to be funny. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was but like I thoroughly enjoyed the fact that I found it funny. Yeah, same. <laughs> um yeah, it just it like well, I don't know if I hate it or love it or think it was amazing or terrible, but there you oh, go. I'm I'm not in any rush to watch it again. No. No. No, no. I don't think I if it was on ITV I'd probably well, I don't have ITV, so I definitely wouldn't be watching yeah. it. But if it was on TV, I'd, I don't think I'd watch it. Like, no, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take time out of my day to sit down and watch it again. It, it was there when I needed it. Yeah. And now that journey is over. <laughs> That's what I think about that. But it's crazy that it's made like ridiculous amount of money, though. It, it's it? made like oh, yeah. four billion. Yeah. Like, it's not even going to get an Oscar. It's going to get a planet. Yeah. It's going to be like here, just. Here's, here's your own planet, you guys. Go and, go and, go and rule it and stuff. <coughs> I'm terrible at, you know, Oscar award. Yeah. Nomination. Well, I'm, I'm giving an Oscar to Con Air for the last 20 years, so. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
You work in the academy, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I do work in the academy. For... And they never listen to me. I'm like, Con Air <laughs> should win, right? And they're like, no, it's not. It was released in 1997. I'm like, Con Air should win, right? And then they just <laughs> shut the door. Um, yeah, that's that. Peace. Yeah. It's <laughs> at the end of the podcast. I thought we ended ages ago. <laughs> Maybe we did. She was more like a beauty queen from a movie scene. I said, don't mind, but what do you mean? I am the one who will dance on the floor in a round. She said, I am the one who will dance on the floor in a round. Just a girl who said that I am a 